We watched the game. Now we've watched the tape and broken it down to try and figure out what all went wrong for the Green Bay Packers in week one, what things went right, what can change in week two and beyond. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 joins us to do that and a lot more. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn, where you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Lily Zhao is here for Zhao You Doing. We get to have some fun with her today. She was just on Kay Adams' new show on FanDuel. Lily blowing up. You love to see it. We're going to talk to her about her takeaways from the Vikings game, what she thinks can change players she has her eye on for this Bears game upcoming that coming up in a little bit. Okay, we've watched the tape. We've we've seen what was there and what was not there. And I have come away, as I said yesterday on the show, feeling much better about the defense because I think play-to-play, down-to-down, they did some interesting things. They were good overall, and it was three, four, five plays, really like three plays that doomed them because they blew coverages in situations, at least in one case, the 64-yarder, where they had the perfect coverage call, and it's just they don't execute it at all. Offensively, on rewatch, I was more impressed with the Matt LaFleur stuff with varying personnel packages. He did he had a cool overload run where he had two tight ends to one side and overload formation, 21 personnel. And, and it was it was really a, a cool thing. Um, uh, maybe it was probably 12 personnel. And. There were there were more cool things than I think I realized in real time, probably because the offense was was not going. And so you're not thinking about the good stuff that you're watching. I think the same is true on defense where they they varied their um, positions. They varied their personnel. They varied their looks, their fronts, their coverages. It wasn't just like they sat back in that two shell. They made mistakes you just can't make for a veteran team. You had Aaron Rodgers missing reads and making bad decisions, antsy in the pocket, just uncharacteristic stuff for him. You had multiple veteran receivers, Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb, running routes in the same 
lane, same throwing lane for Aaron Rodgers. Bad spacing. Can't have that. You had Mercedes Lewis and Aaron Jones running into each other on what is not even a rub route. It was just Jones was releasing up the middle and Mercedes Lewis got caught in the wash coming across the field and runs into Aaron Jones. They looked like, in a lot of cases, a team that had not played together on a football field against another team in nine months because that is what they are. This was, in a lot of cases, a fourth preseason game. And I expect a lot of that stuff to be cleaned up. I don't think you're going to see guys with with bad spacing the same way. I don't think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers misreads and misthrows. Now, will he continue to hold a grudge against Christian Watson? Because Watson was open a number of times. Rodgers didn't even look at him after the first quarter, after that first play, in fact, until the fourth quarter. That's not quite true. Wanted to get the ball to him on a deep shot and just didn't have time. And that was the other thing. I asked this live when we did our live postgame show. How many of those play action plays that pressure evaporated? Did they have something cooking? And the answer is a lot of them. A lot of them. So if you just block them up a little bit better. And what was what was you know crazy to me when I went back and watched it is how selectively devastating the pressure was because they didn't blitz a lot. Minnesota didn't. Rodgers didn't actually face a lot of true pressure. In fact, he was pressured at a rate roughly the same as what he faced on the season last year when, by the way, he was the MVP. He made some bad decisions. And then the Vikings got lucky with when these pressures happened because they negated some big plays. There were two plays with Sammy Watkins where you're talking about monster plays, won a potential touchdown. Rodgers just a split second away from having the time. On the fumble, Rodgers is a, a split second from having enough time to set his feet and throw to Christian Watson, who he is looking at down the field on a nine route and just can't get him the ball. And it turns into a catastrophic play. On, on one of the plays, Michael Kendricks, they got mad at me, Eric Kendricks, Michael Kendricks is his brother, also a linebacker. <laughs> Some of you got mad at me on the stream because I said that after the game. Eric Kendricks makes a great play after getting fooled. I mean, this was just sort of typifies everything about how the game went. The whole front gets fooled by the run action, but Kendricks is already running essentially full steam. He shoots right through a gap, pressures the quarterback, and does not let Aaron Rodgers get to Sammy Watkins, who is coming wide open. I was wondering what the, the All-22 would show, and it showed that they had a ton of opportunities in the passing game. And some of those turn out to just be on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers. There were some plays that he had with clean pockets, without pressure in his face, where he is hitting his back foot and he is going from first read to check down. Or in some cases, not even looking at the side of the field where the play is designed to go. There was one play in particular where he's got trips to his right and he decides he's going to the other side. In fact, this happened twice. One to Big Bob Tunyon, one where it was the right-ish call because the coverage was clouded to the, the trip side. 
And so you're trying to leak Bob out on the backside. It was a little chip release. He's hoping that he can just dump it off and have space to run. But the second time, he eschews the trip side to work the Sammy Watkins single receiver side. That's taken up. If he had looked at the trip side, he had two guys, Big Bob up the seam and Cobb on a corner, wide open. They, they had the perfect call against the coverage the Vikings were running and Rodgers looked to the other side. Part of that is just luck. That's just bad luck. But there were other times when there were guys open and Rodgers, it, it's, the game seemed to be just moving a little fast for him. He just was not acclimated to regular season speed. I fully anticipate that he will get acclimated. And this is another reminder of just how important it is to get these guys healthy on the offensive linebacker. If David Bakhtiari and Alan Jenkins come back, it's just a feeling. Rodgers is just going to feel more comfortable back there, and he can go one to two to three if he wants to. And he needs to want to because these guys are open. On the fourth and have to have it at the end of the game, no, no one was open. Uh, Randall Cobb gets eaten alive, and you guys... I hate to be the one to tell you this. It might be over for 1-8. I mean, he just, he had the third down conversion. But the explosiveness just isn't there. He struggled to get open. They, they didn't manufacture him any touches, presumably because they know that he just doesn't have the juice anymore. He's there to be Roger's security blanket. But at a certain point, you need the guys who can create on the field. I'm not sure that that's Sammy Watkins either, but he looked like he had more explosiveness left than Randall Cobb. Now, maybe it's week one. Maybe it's just because the whole offense looked disjointed. Maybe it's because it's the first game and you lose your legs in the second half of the first game. Always, always, always. Everyone is always gassed at the end of the first game. That's just how it works. But it, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, those guys look like they're moving at a different speed. And I mentioned this to, to someone on Twitter. I think the plan is for Alan Lazard to be the slot guy for the most part. Aaron Rodgers called him one of the best slot receivers in the league. That's not a coincidence. He's going to be in the slot a ton when he gets healthy. Hopefully he can be healthy for this game. I think just having Alan Lazard would have made a whole lot of difference in this game. Because they could have designed some more things for him. Rodgers would have. First read, it's there, bang. And even if it's not quite there, his open is different than a lot of the other guys' open because he's 6'5", 230. Like the, the go route YOLO ball that Aaron Rodgers threw that was very like Jordan Lovish. It's like when my wife, who's a D1 golfer, would watch me swing. Like, like don't do that. Don't watch me swing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in your head. You're going to do stuff that you wouldn't normally do. That, that seemed like that's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Threw some YOLO ball to Randall Cobb, who's the smallest guy on the field. Like, if that's Alan Lazard, I get what you're doing. If that's Christian Watson, I get what you're doing. If that's Romeo Dobbs, even if it's Sammy Watkins, I get what you're doing. But Randall Cobb, bro? It, there were just some inexplicable decisions from Aaron Rodgers. And look, I'm not in the meeting rooms. I don't know the progressions. I don't know what the pre-snap read is supposed to be for these things. I'm just telling you, there were a lot of things that looked like they were predetermined before the snap, which Tom Clements always said, big no-no. Don't predetermine it. He is, we know he's smart enough to read everything that's happening at all times. I think he got fooled a couple times by what the Vikings were doing. 
But some of the stuff was was just un rogers like And the good news with that is he's Aaron Rodgers. He's the two-time reigning league MVP. He is going to figure this out. Matt LaFleur is too good a coach, and they're going to get healthy at some point to give him a little bit more comfort. Not more time. He doesn't need more time necessarily. They were 15th in pass block win rate in week one. They were top 10 all of last year. They finished, I believe they finished fifth or sixth last year. So just getting some of those guys back is going to is gonna elevate all of this a little bit just from Aaron Rodgers' comfort level. And that, I think, makes everything a little bit better. But, but some of it is just luck. Like Christian Watson's not going to drop the 75-yard touchdown every game. They're not going to get stopped twice in the red zone on downs every game. And Aaron Rodgers is not going to be, you know, his PFF grade from a clean pocket was like 23rd. He's not, he was the best in the league from a clean pocket the last two years. He's not suddenly terrible from a clean pocket. That's not going to happen every week, even without Devontae Adams, because he was fine from a clean pocket in 2019 without Devontae Adams. So plenty to clean up for sure. But defensively, I came away much more enthusiastic about this group than I was much more enthusiastic about what Joe Barry did. And I think I, I came out much more enthusiastic about what Matt LaFleur did, frankly. Um, but but more pessimistic about how the offensive line looked, more pessimistic about Aaron, how Aaron Rodgers played, and I was not high on it to begin with. And I was more optimistic about these rookies. When Romeo Dobbs got his chances, he looked like a real bona fide NFL receiver. I cannot say the same for everyone on this offense. Christian Watson, he was open way more than he got the ball. Open on deep shots multiple times, deep overs multiple times. There was a play action where he sits down into coverage and Rodgers could have ripped him a stop route. I wrote on the leap today that if that's Devontae Adams, he rips that throw. Doesn't have that same kind of faith. He, he better find faith quick. If he needs to go on an ayahuasca retreat to find that faith, He's got to do it because these guys are going to have to play because they give this offense the best chance to stay on track, to create explosives, and to be good. And there were times when he's missing, I mentioned the play, where he had Tunyon up the seam and Cobb on a corner. Those are his guys. He's not going to miss those all season. He's just not. He is going to play better. It's the same thing I said about Adrian Amos. He's not going to play. This is the worst game I've ever seen him play. He is not going to be that bad again. So they're going to get better, but they have to. They have to do it. That's, that's the difference. All right, we're going to get to our pal Lily Zhao here in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond. The world's largest professional network of over 810 million people on LinkedIn. In simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Joining me now, 
international superstar, fresh off her appearance on Up and Adams with our friend Kay Adams. Uh, unfortunately, off a loss this week. We, we have not had to do this many times off a loss, Lily Zhao, from Fox 6 in Milwaukee. Our friend Lily, let me ask you, week two, Packers Bears now. How you doing? Peter, thank you for the uh, very gracious introduction. I, I feel like I'm cooler than I am, so I'll take it <laughs> uh, via that intro. Um, you're right. It's it's weird that we're talking about a loss this early in the season. Um, but overall, it's progress. It's only up from here, I hope, right? So uh, I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm good. Aaron Rodgers said it was better than last year because they scored seven instead of three. I I actually felt like this was a much more encouraging game than last year's week one, where it was just like burn the tape. This did not quite feel that way to me, even though it was disappointing in a lot of ways. How did you feel about this game compared to what we saw last year? You know, I think last year it was, you know, we saw how good they were in 2020 um, and how fast they got out to a start. So you expect the year after oh, we're going to keep the momentum rolling. You still have Devontae Adams. You still have a very good team. And then they fell really flat. And, uh, you know, the conversation of playing your starters in the preseason, that, of course, was talked about. And then this year, it's, we know what happened last year. Let's not do it again. And it happened again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, I think, like, to, to your point, though, with the pieces that they were missing, with the young receivers on this team, you know, you kind of have to just kind of throw something against the wall and see what sticks. And unfortunately, they were one of the teams that, you know, just could put up a touchdown. There were teams where I'm sure didn't play their starters in the preseason, like the Vikings, and they came out on fire. Granted, they have, you know, their healthy weapons are are healthy. Um, but to your point, I don't think it's the end of the world. It's only week one. I think they will get it figured out. But again, these younger guys just need more NFL reps and game snaps. So I think it's going to take some time, but I don't think it's a, oh my God, our season is over. We're not going to go anywhere. Top of year. Yeah. And I didn't feel that way about week one last year either, but it, it, that, that game, it was just like, nothing made sense. Nothing worked. It wasn't even ever really that close. And this game just didn't feel that way to me. Like this game was a one score game. Most of the first half, you have the Christian Watson drop on the very first play, which is just like, oh my God, here we go. But they still fourth and goal with a chance to tie it at seven. They, it was, they had fourth down in the red zone with a chance to make it a one score game late in the game for all of the problems. It was still close for most of the game. So this did not feel the same to me at all. Was the offensive or defensive performance the piece that was more surprising to you? Because I think you can make the case for either, but which one stood out more to you? I would say the defensive performance, just because, again, just how much, you know, we had talked about them, you know, during training camp, during the preseason, how good they were during camp, how, you know, talented the secondary is. Not saying they're not talented, but just with, with when you see Justin Jefferson that wide open, <laughs> What's happening? And I know Matt LaFleur addressed it. They're playing zone. You can't play man every snap. I understand that. It's just, you know, you can't have this guy run wild on your defense for close to 200 yards and two touchdowns. So I, I think just with how much hype there was with the, with the defense in the secondary, that was the biggest surprise. Um, you know, they were able to hunker down in the second half, um, but just kind of what we saw right out of the gates wasn't as encouraging as I thought it was going to be. I think the offense was going to be a work in progress, and that really showed Growing pains are really, really real. Um, but I would say the defensive side of the football really kind of shocked me that week one. 
Yeah, luckily that part seems fixable. It's sort of like if you just do your job, you probably have a pretty good chance. And they still need gave up 23 points, three of which were gift wrapped on a fumble by Aaron Rodgers, where he has to get rid of the ball and has to hold on to it if he's not going to get rid of the ball. It was the offensive part where you're going, okay, this didn't look great. And I don't know what the obvious answers are because for, for all of the talk from Aaron Rodgers about how great Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins look in practice, they combined for less than 50 yards despite playing the most snaps of any of the receivers. And the offensive line, yeah, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins aren't out there. We don't know when they're going to be out there. So that is like, okay, it was more predictable that they would struggle. But it also, we have fewer answers to how this ends up getting fixed. Yeah. And, and I, I, excuse me, I I just feel like when you're looking at the offense, it just was really, really disjointed. There was, there wasn't really an identity. It was kind of like, we're going to run, we're going to do well. Then it kind of just, you know, Aaron Rodgers fumbled or something bad happened. So there really wasn't like an established identity. And and to your point, yeah, I think those guys combined for 32 yards. And when you have those two veterans, you know, it was Matt LaFleur was asked, how do you kind of find reps to get everybody the ball? And he said, you know, that was the fine line of trying to figure all that out in a game plan. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a little kind of like, where are we going to go? Because not saying, you know, having Alan Lazard is going to make this team a world beater. Like they're not going to be scoring 50 points. Not saying he's not the difference there, but you know, what's going to really be the identity of this offense? Is it really just going to be Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon kind of carrying the load until, those younger receivers kind of figure things out or, or what's it going to look like? Because, you know, at the end of the day, that offensive line has to perform. Otherwise they're really not going to go anywhere because that line first line of defense for Aaron Rodgers and everybody. So they, they got to get things figured out on the line to really give them a chance to do anything else. The worst graded quarterback in week one against pressure, Aaron Rodgers. And that is just not good enough. Even in even in a game where you know pressure rate, well, he wasn't pressured a ton. It just felt like the pressure ended up being catastrophic, and like that can't happen. I wonder with these young receivers, Lily. The only times this offense looked like it had any juice was when it was getting the ball to Aaron Jones, which the, the Packers said they need to do more of. Was when they were getting the ball to AJ Dillon, and when they were getting the ball to the rookie receivers, they just seemed so much faster, so much more dynamic when they were the ones getting these targets, even on the play where Christian Watson dropped it, he dusts Patrick Peterson, dusts him. And so I wonder at what point do they just say, and at what point can you convince Aaron Rodgers? You just have to give them the keys to the offense. Exactly. And I think, you know, after that target to Christian Watson on the very first play, I don't think he was targeted until late in the game. So again, it's, it's, you know, it's that trust with his receivers. When you drop a pass, that kind of makes that, you know, your, your margin of error a lot slimmer with him. Um, but again, maybe it's just something where you're like, okay, you got to have a really quick memory. You got to flush that one out. We're coming to you in two snaps. You better catch this one. And maybe it just comes down to that. And maybe that's where, you know, these guys start to build confidence. But I thought Romeo Dobbs, outside of some miscommunication early, I thought he performed really well. And I thought when they were getting him the ball, Jawan Winfrey got a couple, you know, reps as well. I thought those guys were moving the offense with the running backs. And maybe that's kind of what you would want to see. Um, you know, I think having Robert Tunyon not kind of be on a snap count will be beneficial moving forward as well. Yep. Because when he was there. They got, what, a 23-yard chunk play. So it's it's kind of finding the balance of, you know, you've got to trust these rookies to perform. But you don't want to have drops because that's Aaron Rodgers being like, really, like, can't trust it now. So 
Something's got to stick, Peter. And it doesn't it doesn't help the the already built in idea that Christian Watson is just Marquez Valdez Scantling 2.0, um, which I, by the way, I think I think his ceiling is so much higher. I think I think he can be a really, really good player. And by the way, I, I watched the coaches tape to, to especially to pick out Christian Watson. Every time he runs downfield on a go route or some sort of deep route, he's open because he is just incredibly fast. We're, I, I'm wondering if you were as surprised by this as I was. Obviously, the, the opening play bomb was a shock a little bit, right? But the fact that after the camp Romeo Dobbs had and after Aaron Rodgers just is like Romeo Dobbs is the second coming of Greg Jennings or whatever, like Christian Watson not only is out there on the first play, but played a ton after getting essentially no training camp reps. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think what they like is his speed, his size. That's what they wanted to see because we were not able to see it in any sort of game during the preseason and training camp because he was injured. So I, I think they kind of wanted to test what do we really have in this guy in a real life game situation. And to your point, he was getting open. There was separation. But when there's no time to throw and you have defenders in your face, that's going to make life a little bit more difficult. But it is encouraging with you know the skills that he has that if the line can hold up, there's enough time that eventually those plays will come. And you know when you draft a guy that high for a receiver for this Packers team, you expect them to perform. I, I think he's going to get it. It's just Rodgers needs time, time to throw to get it to him. He's got to work in Romeo and uh, and Christian. But I think once things kind of start to click for those two, I think that's when the offense is really going to pick things up. And maybe it happens at home against Chicago. Like maybe this is just kind of like the week, week one, it's, it's preseason week number four, get that bad loss out of the way. We'll kind of start clicking this week. So I am just super curious to see against the Bears, can they make a marketable leap with those receivers? at home. Cause I think that's, I think this week is going to be the week where they're going to have to do it. Average game after a loss under Matt LaFleur is a 14 point win. So, and they have never in the regular season lost two games in a row. Um, if you're wondering why this game is, you know, a nine and a half, 10 point line for the Packers after what we saw in week one, that is as big a reason as any. And also I don't think we can take anything away from what we saw in Chicago either, because I mean, the field conditions there were laughable and more laughable than they are normally in Chicago, where they're usually pretty bad. Our girl Stacy Dales in the like full on, she's got the windbreaker, the hat on, the and, and she, I just felt so bad bad for her because she's got to just be soaked after that. Luckily, it was warm, and this isn't happening in like November when it's thirty five and raining like that. But I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you think we can actually take out of that that first Bears games? Because to me, it was like very, very little. For those of you who can't see me, I'm pinching my fingers together in a very small way. Yeah, it was kind of like you know, it, it's is Chicago back or the Niners stink gonna stink this year? I don't think that's the case because of the elements that happened in Week One. It was like a mud bowl. It was like a you know, they're taking baths out there, and how much rain there was on the field. It was horrendous. Um, but I, every I, photo is cool. Every single photo I saw from that game though was so cool. I have to say. Yeah, it was pretty cool, but I'm sure when you're playing it and you're standing in that rain, it's like, oh my God. Yeah, so I'm sure the Packers are happy they were not at home week one just because they were in a dome, et cetera. Um, But I will say, you know, Justin Fields had a not so great first half, and that's being very nice. I think he kind of figured things out. He was terrible in the first half. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be nice. Uh, He he had a marketably better second half. Mm -hmm. 
think, you know, when you have a new coach in Epperflus, I think he's going to get his troops rallied. I don't think it's going to be a, a walk in the park whatsoever because, again, you know, the Packers still have to really identify or find their offensive identity. And so this is going to be a really motivated Bears team. I think Justin Fields is still going to be, you know, a problem con- to contain. We know he has a good arm. It's it's they're going to be playing in better conditions at Lambeau on, on Sunday night. So I think it's going to be a big challenge. I still think the Packers get the win. But um, I don't think you can kind of gauge a lot outside of Justin Fields just found a way to win. And he was the difference maker for them in that second half. And he's going to have to be somebody that they make life difficult for next year or next Sunday. Yeah, the Justin Fields faced a, a pressure rate over 40 percent against the 49ers, which should not happen in, in the mud. Like pass rusher should just be nothing in those situations. And, and the fact that he was still under pressure is a problem. The Packers pressured Kirk Cousins over 40 percent of the time. Cousins just made the right plays. Justin Jefferson's not walking through the door for the Chicago Bears team. As we look ahead to this week two matchup, what is the facet? What is the player that you are most looking forward to seeing get out there again and try and get this week one stink off of this team? <laughs> um, I think it's going to be, you know, Aaron Jones has to be featured more because when he goes, this offense moves. And we saw it in a couple drives before the Packers hurt themselves at the end of those drives. I think Aaron Jones just getting him more involved it's going to be the key to moving our offense. It's going to make things a little bit easier to try and get the ball to your rookie receivers. But again, I think they're going to do another big play to Christian Watson. I, I just somehow kind of feel like they're, that's going to be in the playbook on Sunday because they, you know, this team was confident they could do it. You know, Christian talked about nine, well, hundred times out of hundred times. I'm making that catch, but now it's 99 out of hundred. I think they take another deep shot to him. And I think he makes it this week. I, I think you've got to get Aaron Jones Christian Watson, build up his confidence in that passing game. I think we see, you know, the combination of those two against the Bears. Those were the two names that I had in mind because I just, I was not expecting Watson to be as involved as he was from the jump. And and I was not expecting him to just run by guys, just run by guys. And there's a play, um, and and I wrote about the play action stuff on on the leap um, this week for, um, uh, the my Substack, and there's a play where the play Aaron Rodgers fumbles. Christian Watson is running down the left sideline. He runs right past Cam Dantzler, and then Harrison Smith runs right past Harrison Smith, one of the best safeties in the league, who takes what he thinks is a good angle, and Watson just erases it. And there's a split second where Rodgers is like, uh, "Should I throw this?" And he's got a defender bearing down on him. And if he has a split second more, it might be a, a touchdown, or at least it's an attempt at one. So. I think Watson is the guy that I'm going to have my eye on because every week he's going to have the chance, I think, to make a big play. Any last thoughts here coming out of week one or as we go into week two? I think, uh, you know, you're going to see a much better product on the field on Sunday. Just for some reason, they get out to a slow start, but they're at home. It's a primetime showdown against the Bears. You know how much Aaron Rodgers loves beating the Bears. I think you're going to see a marketable progression on both sides of the football. I think it's going to be a raucous crowd. It's going to be fun. Um, and I think the backers get their first win. I'm with you. We will be back next week. Lily, thank you so much. Thanks, Peter. All right. Awesome to talk to our friend, Lily. She is a star. 
Um, and we're we're happy that she will still do our show. Uh, before we finish up here, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's lines. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. They've got baseball, they've got MMA, boxing, golf. Uh, once the NFL season continues, week two, they'll have games. You could you could bet on it now, but you won't find out if you win until Sunday uh, or Thursday. We got, a thir- we got an awesome Thursday game this week. Plenty to do there. Uh, and training camp in the NBA is like three weeks away. So get excited for that, too. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, we are back tomorrow. Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears joins me for our crossover edition. We love Lauren. We always have a great time with him. It's Packers Bears Sunday night Football. We will be live on YouTube after the Sunday night game. Average margin of victory after a Matt LaFleur team loses is 14. They have never in the regular season lost back to back games unless you'd count the wraparound season because they lost to Detroit and now they lost this game, but they also were not trying to win that game. Jordan Love played half that game um, and they also did. Uh, lose the 49er game, which they were trying to win, and this game. So I add the caveat to regular season games, but never in the same season. Never in the same season. I do not think that will start this week, but they've got to they've got to be better. They've got to clean it up. All right, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.